Look, payday's awesome, but running payroll, calculating taxes and deductions, staying compliant, that's not easy. Unless, of course, you have Gusto. Gusto is a simple online payroll and benefits tool built for small businesses like yours. Gusto gets your team paid while automatically filing your payroll taxes. Plus, you can offer benefits like 401k, health insurance, and workers' comp, and it makes onboarding new employees a breeze. We love it so much, we really do use it ourselves, and we have four years, and I personally recommend you give it a try, no matter how small your business is. And to sweeten the deal, just for listening today, you also get three months free. Go to gusto.com slash boss. that's gusto.com slash boss. Welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creatives, business owners, and entrepreneurs who want to take control of their work and live life on their own terms. I'm your host, Emily Thompson, and in this episode, I'm joined by my business besties, Tasha L. Harrison and Erica Corday, to talk about the end of online businesses as we know it. You can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club. And if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to this show and share us with a friend. Erica Corday is a DEI coach and co-host of the Pause in the Play podcast. Her leadership has helped hundreds of individuals define their values, diversify their networks, and call people into conversations about inclusivity and individuality. Tasha L. Harrison is a romance author and creator of the hashtag 20K in five days writing challenge and word makers, a writing community where authors come together to do the writing work. Both Tasha and Erica have been guests here on the Being Boss podcast a number of times in the past, both together and separately. To catch up on them and their stories, check out their previous appearances in the show notes for this episode at beingboss.club. I don't know if I'm excited about this anymore. <laughs> yes, you are. Am I? Come on. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, before we got on, everyone, they just told me how they're going to make me cry later. No. Um, that's maybe oh, the goal. Uh, that it's fine. That's not what we bullies. That's not <laughs> what we That is not what was said at all. Okay. But for this, so I'm like, I'm literally sweating right now. I'm going to have to like air out my armpits a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Um, I do think this episode should be a little more chill, though. I think heated in its own ways. I, I'm very mm. excited to see what the two of you have to say around this talk it, topic. 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 I can't speak. Here we go. I had coffee this morning. <laughs> this is the result. Jeez. Here we go. Um, excited to be chatting with you guys about this and then maybe having regrets about what happens next. We'll get there in a second or <laughs> in an hour or so. I think to get us started, though, I want to know what crystal is closest to both of you. Just pick um, one. I know that's a real issue for both of you. I know. Gabo. Oh, nice. Yes. Black Gabriel. tourmaline. Oh. Yeah. My little double term terminated. I also have our, yeah. what is it? Oh. Cheryl White. Cheryl White. <laughs> I've got the Cheryl White and the Indigo, Indigo Gobble. Yeah, you person. do. Cheryl, we're never going to be able to say that. Cheryl, Just no. Cheryl White. No, Cheryl White is how you say Cheryl White. it. I'm, I'm Char- confident. Cheryl Char- White or Cheryl Char- White? White? Char- All White. Char- All I remember White. is the, the ite. ite. That part. Yeah. How do you remember it, Tasha? Cheryl White, take a shite. <laughs> <laughs> is this 
This is why we love you Indeed. so much. <laughs> Indeed. Um, I have a blue kyanite tower that's just going to be rolling around in my hands. Hey, hey there. The entirety of this day. Um, and I bring this up because we just did our third annual rock shopping trip together last yes. week, not, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. So about a week and a half ago. We were in North Carolina together doing some rock shopping, ogling over everything, making no beginner mistakes. Remember that time we touched the selenite? We do. We talked about <gasps> it. Yeah, at, yeah. At the very beginning. At the very beginning. Um, it was so much fun to hang out with the two of you for that weekend. And Eric, I got to spend a couple more days with you. And though I did talk business with you, I think it's fun to note, maybe for the even the purpose of this episode, that while the three of us were together, we talked no business. No, no, not a but, not a moment of it. Because it's so rare to be an entrepreneur, like self-employed, and to feel like the people that do business as well that you do business with or that you know own their own that the conversation doesn't go there. It right. always feels like it goes there, and to have had that time to where it really was just talking. I mean, like literally, we were in the car for hours, and I don't think that it I, went I, in. I don't even remember what we talked about. Honestly. <laughs> Everything. Just, we literally just <laughs> talked about how to say Sharoite the entire time. <laughs> it did preoccupy the last day. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think that's a fun thing to note because I feel like we've been friends long enough. We've like done these things long enough that we don't feel that or it's uh, we have other things to talk about now, I guess, yes. than business, which, you know, has is often the case. But I think it was fun that for that entire trip, we were not talking business um, because really, though, business does take up so many of our other conversations. Right. So just because we didn't talk business during that particular couple days together doesn't mean that this isn't something that we are aren't talking about always. Because we are. (laughs) Right. But, and this is why I want your opinion, both of you on this. I feel like there is a point to where so much, especially in the online space, tells you that you have to live, breathe, and bleed your business. Mm. And so you don't get to come out of it. And so I have found that when there are opportunities to connect with people on a human level and just talk about stuff that it has nothing to do with work, that's where the aha moments show up. That's where they're like, oh, shit, I didn't think about that. Mm. I don't know where that came from because how did I miss that up to this point? It's a whole nother level of awareness that you let yourself into when you take yourself out the business box that you were supposed to be locked in, that you'll get from zero to a million dollars in 30 days. I said, okay, oh, that's, that's great. not realistic. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> yes, Tosh, with your little hand? <laughs> yep. Um, I do feel like I, I come at that from two different directions. Okay. Like, uh, it, I found before I started looking for business besties when, you know, being boss gave me that, that <laughs> name tag. When I started looking for business besties, I was in a situation where I didn't have a whole lot of friends who were involved in any sort of entrepreneur business. So it was hard to talk to them about anything, Yes, because I was so preoccupied with that, <laughs> and then um, I went through a period of time where you know I had business besties where all we did was talk about business, and then I got burnt out on those, and now I have you all. Mm. I agree. I couldn't. Right. Curve. I couldn't. Curve. Nice. I agree with that too. It is nice to 
it is nice to have sort of all the relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And also to to have to have this one. And Tasha, you manifested maybe the OG business bestie, which I think is oh yeah, very um, funny. Yes, <laughs> I mean y'all know this story. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I told Emily she was going to be my friend, and she was like, okay, <laughs> right? Okay, this is crazy. Get bitch. this. <laughs> Get this bitch from around me. <laughs> and then the next, by the next time you saw me, you were like, what do you want from me? I will prove friendship. <laughs> I was like, got her. Right? Did it. I did it. I did it. You did do it. Um, right. Okay. Agreed with all of that. Touchy feely. Love you both. <laughs> but let's get down to business. <laughs> Let's get down to business and talking about this topic that I feel like we've been talking about so much lately, off and on, honestly, maybe for about a year and honestly, probably about the time that I told you both, because I told the two of you first Mm -hmm. that Being Boss was coming to an end, that the Being Boss podcast was ending. It was like literally the day. I remember having the thought and sitting with it for a few minutes and getting a Marco Polo and being like, y'all, guess what? I just decided. And y'all were like, ooh. Tell us more. Like, why are you thinking this? Why are you feeling this? And it really turned into what has been almost a year-long conversation of what I feel like we've dubbed a couple different things, like the end of the golden age of the internet, right? Or the end of mm-hmm. online business. Or and maybe that's very, like, apocalyptic, obviously, um, because we get really dramatic when we talk about almost anything and everything, mm-hmm. right? They're both shaking their heads. <laughs> like, yeah, they do. Um But it's something that we've talked about a lot. And I want to talk to the two of you about this because you both have your own perspectives, both as you do what you do and Tasha being an author and the sort of host of a um, of a writer community. Erica, you do DEI coaching with clients and also host a community of your own and a podcast and all of these things. So we're sort of seeing it from a couple of different angles. And I think that we've sort of come to this realization that through each of our lenses, we're kind of seeing the same things in terms of online business. We've also been in it long enough, I think. You know, it's funny. I've been in online business for about 15 years, which is really Mm -hmm. wild. Like people getting on the internet now were born when I got started. (laughs) Oof, oof, (laughs) oof. shots fired. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. No, I saw a tweet the other day. Well, it's a TikTok where someone said if they were, some kid was going in on Gen X, like, why are we letting them off the hook? We're like, we're older than Google. Leave us alone. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I am older than Google. Yep. Mm -hmm. I was joking around with Lily the other day that I founded Etsy. (laughs) Because I was there within the first, like, what, year two of it starting? Like, I was in that space in one of the big sellers before there were big sellers on Etsy. And so, you know, to be in this place, but also from y'all's perspective as well, we have this interesting sort of conglomeration of experiences and our fingers in enough pies because we're all community runners. We're like... We're seeing this not only in our own businesses, but in like everyone's experience of the internet in our communities in a way that what we're saying is like well-tested and founded, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I find yeah. it interesting too, because Emily, you and I both have something that is offline. And so mm-hmm. I was offline before I came online, stay, stayed offline, and... 
to have jumped in the soup and been like, wait, the soup is too hot. The soup is too cold. <laughs> Maybe locked. this bowl is too small. Right. <laughs> okay, so Erica, actually, how long were you doing offline business before you got online? And how long have you been doing both? Just to set a bar here. Um, offline. Um, shoot, actually offline has been my entire cosmetology career, which was since I was 18. Oh, snap. Okay. So I mean, just, it's, it's true not that you're that old, but. Oh, no, but I mean, I'm 43. So like, yeah, longer than Google. Yeah. And yeah. So like I had to, you know, maintain everything without online schedulers and, you know, email reminders and things like that. So I, I, I had to make relationships. And mm-hmm. when I went into having the wedding component of my business, I don't think I started any online component of that. I started that around 2006, 2007. The online component, I think I started around 2009. Okay. And I actually... And that was more of like Wedding Wire and like the online advertising sites. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then eventually it was like, wait, contracts are no longer printed. And, you know, everything became like an email chain and so much Mm -hmm. more was done virtually. And then when I started the coaching and consulting, like not long before that was when I actually was like, oh, this whole online business coachy thing, I didn't know this was a thing. And that was around 2015. And it kind of blew my mind of how there were people online that you pay to tell you what to do. That was how I felt about it. I was like, I'm very confused. What's happening here? And that was completely different (laughs) from what it is now, where it's like, now I'm in it. And yes, I am one of those people that you pay to tell you what to do to an extent. Like if you were just being matter of fact, is it that simple? No, but mm, for sake of the description. Um, and it clearly felt like around that 2017, 2018, 2019, it was nowhere near the same, but it was just kind of like all the kids in the pool. I was like, what the hell and, just and happened? That was before all the kids actually even came to the pool. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Right? And so I can't imagine somebody trying to get in this now. Mm. This pool is infested. <laughs> There's pee in the pool. There's pee and poop in the pool. And it's and it, it, because it is very different to be in this attempting to navigate it, knowing what you know, also trying to just pay attention to what's happening, but to have not already been in it and just be like, I'm going to jump in now. I'm not going to tell you not to. I'm just going to tell you it is very different from There's what a lot of pee in the pool. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people. Um, I love that you bring this up. You brought up several little points here that I want to hit on. And one is I think this conversation will very much steer into the online offline realm of like bridging the gap Mm -hmm. and or, you know, choosing one or the other. And then on the, we'll also talk about pee in the pool, I'm sure, several more times over the course of this conversation because there's, it's basically just a people now. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, like the, it's, it's an interesting that little, space. That chemical that's supposed to tell you who peed, it's, it's no longer working. It didn't working. turn colors. It's just, the, it's just the color of the water now. <laughs> well, and I have to also acknowledge, like, I'm I'm in it. So I'm, I'm saying this as the person still in it. 
No yeah, different yeah. than like, you know, when I do my DEI stuff, it's like, yes, I'm actively trying to dismantle something that I'm a part of. Hello, capitalism. Yes, I order from Amazon. Like, yeah. I, I, I get it. So, you know, this is a conversation about getting it and also still being in it. Sure. And I also think there's something here with, you know, if anyone is listening to this who's thinking about jumping into this pool, welcome. We've just told you what's in it. Um, But also, I think that's even part of what is happening in this online world as well. And maybe like just spoiler for the entire or like my whole perspective on this entire conversation is my experience of this is my experience both like firsthand and like secondhand of like watching other people do it as well is that it's going to become I believe more and more difficult to like like that one percent of one percent who you know makes a million dollars off that launch or like you Mm -hmm. know has this multi-million dollar business where they just spend three hours a week like telling other people what to do or whatever I think that's going to become more and more of an exception Like more and more of just like the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. But I think it's going to become more and more easy for people to make $50,000 a year. Are you going to break six figures like, you know, next week or with this four-step plan or whatever? I don't think so. But I think that it's going to become more and more accessible for Mm -hmm. anyone to make not awful money from Mm -hmm. doing something online. And so there's sort of this like I, I think what what we need to think about is um an adjustment of expectations where what you're still seeing and what you're still getting taught is that you can come in and follow this four-step plan and make a million dollars next month or whatever it may be. And that's not going to happen. It's probably never going to happen for you know 99.9999% of you. But the ability to come in and make, you know, a relatively passive, though we've talked many times about how passive isn't really passive, a relatively passive, nice side hustle income from doing something on the internet is going to, I don't know, become more of a norm, which I also generally love for everyone. But I think it's going to be it's just a whole different mindset going into this than it was, you know, five years ago, whereas most of what's being talked about still is what was the norm five years mm-hmm. ago. Is that the sweetest sound on the internet or what? That's the sound of another sale, another dollar, another customer on your Shopify e-commerce store. For years, that sound has told me that I'm being boss, no matter where I am or what I'm doing as a longtime user of Shopify, the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're selling crystals and candles like me, or you're selling your artwork, your planners, your tarot decks, or your seriously cool t-shirts, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person, so you can focus on successfully growing your business. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beingboss, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash beingboss to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash being boss. That's my spoiler. <laughs> I think I want to get into some questions though. Like I, like let's let's go there through our own experiences. Um and I want to start with over the past five years for 
both of you, how have you seen sort of your efforts paying off in the online world? And maybe through that lens, like how has engagement changed for you? So you can think about this with your like one-on-one clients. You can think about this from, you know, your online marketing efforts, maybe your newsletters or your social media, um, or even Tasha, I would love to hear from you in terms of like sales of books and those sorts of things. How are you seeing engagement changing or have how have you seen it change over the past couple of years? Okay. Um, engagement is shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and like, as far as book sales, like, um, I've gotten to the point now where it's, it, it makes more sense to come offline and just do like email marketing and only like have a, a, a designated group to talk to people who actually want to buy my books and have them be my evangelist versus trying to compete with people who are either spending thousands of dollars on ad spend Mm-hmm. Or um, just hit the market with a trendy thing that everyone wants to read, like monster romance, which I'm never going to write. Um, never say never. Friends, <laughs> friends, friends, never. She's like, Mm-mm. it's just not my zhuzh. Um And one of the things that I find is that, you know, there's been like, it used to be like there were reader spaces and author spaces. And now it's all kind of like incestuous and bastardized. Like everybody's on the same platforms. Mm-hmm. Authors are interacting with readers more. Uh, the relationship between readers and authors are more contentious. Everybody thinks that they're owed something. Like readers think because they read my book that I'm supposed to share their content that they make about my book while also telling me to stay out of reader spaces. Like it just gets really weird. Um mm-hmm. But as far as like my writing related business, uh, that has always been decent. I quit my job in 2019 and that was mostly because, well, I joined being boss in 2016, 2016. And um, uh, with all the tips that I learned from you all, I learned how to like side hustle my editing business. And I was making money with that without running ads just by word of mouth. And it got to the point where I was like, well, I need to either quit this day job that I absolutely hate, or I'm not going to be able to make as much money editing as I could. And in 2019, I decided to quit my job. And then the world shut down. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So kind of like, you know, I've been in a state of transition since then, like, you know, discovering that, oh, I like this thing. No, I don't. I quit it. And then just kind of transitioning into something else until I finally arrived at this writer's community which has been pretty solid, but um, also just kind of plateaued, you know, like growth is slow and there as much as I try to keep people engaged is that's why I mean engagement is shit. No one wants to engage. There's just so much information, you know, like there's so much information out there. There's lots of people telling people different things. There's still this idea that if you follow this ABCD, you know, plan of action, you're going to be a million dollar author. And just like online business period, that time has passed. doesn't matter if you do 11 TikToks a day, you're still Oof. not going to hit it. You know what I mean? Um, but we're the, the publishing world is kind of in the, they're like on the late cycle with this stuff. Like they do business. Yeah. (laughs) Like stuff that business, business, small businesses have been doing for a while. Authors are just now getting that information, but 
they're, they're diving into the pool late. So everything is really hard for them. It's really hard for them to get visibility. It's hard for them to get engagement. And it takes a lot more time to do that. It takes away from the writing. So that piece, the fact that you have to spend so much of the time not doing the thing that you do. And that was the piece that kept like jumping out at me with this because you know, clearly if we think back generations, there was a point to where you had big businesses and that was kind of it. Like small businesses, what is that? You might have the person that might sell some stuff or, or pickle some stuff or whatever. And they just did the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Pickles? Pickles? Like, yes. You are making the things in the community. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you didn't have a business. And so now yeah. it's like, oh, I do a thing and now I have a business. Mm. And so it went from there being big businesses to it kind of shifting and you started getting some boutique businesses and some, you know, like I think almost the madman agency type of time frame. You started having a little more of that and you would notice that in the narratives that we saw laid out. Doesn't mean that's a hundred percent of how this worked, but you notice the visual of its shift of what was represented. And then all of a sudden during, you know, kind of the 80s and 90s, you saw more small businesses that it was clear they existed, but there still wasn't online business of like, everybody's a business owner. Everybody thinks they're a business owner. Yeah, I think it was more side hustlers in the in the 90s, definitely. Like everybody had a side hustle. But it wasn't online business yet. That's no, the thing. No. It was still just people that were like, I fix cars and I'm going to go ahead and get me a little shop or I do hair out of my basement. Like you had them in that way. But then all of a sudden it was like, wait, I do this thing. And so now I have a business. And so, so it almost does hair in her kitchen is considered a cosmetologist. When she hasn't gone to school, things changed. And doesn't know how to run a business. That Doesn't part. run a business well. Doesn't mm. understand the business of it. Doesn't understand. And I say this as somebody for years. The growing of it, the scaling of it, the maintenance of it, the legalities of it. I was just like, also okay. Also building relationships. Right. And so you didn't didn't do or even understand what the things were. It was just like, start a business. Because I remember when I kind of jumped in it, I was doing a service and all of a sudden people wanted to pay me. And I was like, well, I guess it's a business. And I started a business. And I just kind of jumped in the deep end. The difference was is I was offline. So I made FaceTime. I made relationships. I maintained them. I grew them. There were referrals. But then all of a sudden when it went online, it was like, wait, there's a whole lot of extra stuff here that I don't know. And so when you hit like where we are now, you know, there was this live for a while there that was like, you can just put your stuff on Instagram and you'll just blow up overnight. Just post all of these times a day. And it was like, Instagram posts a business does not make. And <laughs> people do not know this. People no. do not know this. Well, and People knew that like that's sort of what I was going back to a minute ago where like we're still getting told things that, you know, that worked 10 years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. You you show up on Instagram as the only person who knows how to do Early this thing and you're doctor. winning. But like, y'all, yes. that age has been over for like a decade. <laughs> but they are. But it is still be the lies still being sold. 
Yep. You yep. know, the, I mean, I remember, I don't know, it was about 10 years ago. I remember buying courses from an influencer who shall not be named <laughs> that I later was kind of hearing things around the fact that a lot of what they were giving was being regurgitated from other people. Oh, yeah. And then you started oh. recognizing the the patterns of like, oh, you the just took The incest of online coaching. Absolutely. And Which so is why incest. I don't share a lot of information about what I do online. Well, like, that's and, a whole other piece of it. You, you can't have to share. keep it behind a paywall. Like, right. So but it then, limits how you can share your information about your business or even get the word out. Because right. as someone who sells information, if right. I put too inf- much information out there, somebody else is going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do what she's doing. I'm just going to stay right. what she got. And, but when it was offline, it wasn't. it didn't feel like that. It didn't mm. feel like if I say this thing, you're going to now co-op my thing and go do it yourself and claim it to be yours. Does that mean it didn't happen? No, but it felt very different when the opportunity to have access to so many more people meant that so many more people had access to you and everything that came with you and their ethics may not be quite as great. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's all absolutely true. That's sort of like the dark underbelly, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you show up in this space, you share your things, which like, and I'm guilty of for years, like get out there, share what you have, what you know, mm-hmm. like give it all away for free. I told you episodes ago that we created a monster <laughs> by saying those things. Like now they have a bunch of content out there just to AI yeah. and stress. <laughs> indeed. Ooh. Indeed. And so here's what I want to like bring up around this though. Is that we as a business owner community, like everyone who's like in this space doing this thing, has exchanged the quality of word of mouth marketing Mm -hmm. for the quick hits of dopamine that come from social media marketing, which is something Mm -hmm. that like I've talked about this ad nauseum at this point, right? Um, If you need any further convincing, episode number 213, Word of Mouth Marketing, Kathleen and I went real deep and it's one of our best performing episodes and it's real, real. And something that sort of, there is this sort of larger, larger pendulum swinging, right? Where we all went and did the online thing so much now that like internet is gen pop, right? We've talked about that several times, like everybody and their brother and grandmother and great auntie and everybody is on the internet now in a way that like, just the things that worked before that happened do not work anymore because the essence of the internet is just literally different. Um, So I personally love seeing, because actually, even when I recorded that episode with Kathleen Hall, let me look at the date of this one, because I do want to know when this episode came out. Oh, shit. It was actually 2019. So in June of 2019, Kathleen and I released that episode. At that point, recognizing that internet marketing is going to shit everybody. Mm -hmm. If you really want some longevity and sustainability in your business, you need to be focusing on word of mouth marketing. And then now, you know, four years later, post pandemic, everybody got online. It is more true now, even than it was then, though has always been incredibly true. So online engagement, I think we can all agree is like generally down. Mm-hmm. And it's not just us. This is one of those pieces where this is not just my fingers in my own pie. This is my yeah. fingers in all the boss's pies that I'm coaching or, you know, talking to one-on-one or in the community or whatever. 
everyone is experiencing this. So if you are trying to launch a thing, if you are doing all of the marketing things that everyone has told you just simply works, et cetera, et cetera, and it's not working, it's not just you. This is the reality of the internet. And anyone who is coming out and saying, you know, my biggest launch ever, all of these things, one, I would deeply question what that actually means. And two, know that there is still that 1% of the 1% of the 1% out there who is making money selling you their experience as that 0.01, I don't know what 1% of 1% of 1% is. Yeah. But... They're selling that experience to you as if that's just how it happens, and that's not how it's happening anymore. No. Um, okay, couple more, uh, couple more, like, I feel like overarching questions. I want to ask around on how the online landscape has changed for you in your individual industries. So think about like. Erica, you went into this a little bit a minute ago with like when you started, there wasn't online scheduling, you weren't Mm -mm. doing marketing, like it was all word of mouth. But like, maybe for the past five years, Tasha, I feel like we had some conversations about this on the show for you a little bit as well, Mm -hmm. uh, fairly recently. But I would love to just see, maybe if you can illustrate how much the online landscape has changed just in the past five years. I think in the past five years, part of it, I will say, as the person experiencing it, um, five years ago, if I was going on somebody's podcast, I probably talked to them and we set a time and we recorded. Now I'm getting text messages of where to show up and when to show up. Like I'm getting reminders from people. Um, Like it is completely Mm. different than what it was. It's much more hands off. Um, I think even five years ago, while it was clearly more hands off than what it was, you know, five or 10 years before that, you probably still talked to somebody. You Mm. probably still got on a, a connection call where things like that are being a lot more automated or they just kind of go away. And I say that as somebody that has um, a contact form on my website that has voice, video, and text in it, which makes it more personal, but it's a a form. Where before it was like, you know, getting on a Zoom call felt impersonal. And really what a lot of people still did was they got on the phone. Ew. Like now people are like, phone, you want me to call you on the what? Don't talk to me. Don't call me on my cell phone. So (laughs) it it is completely different in that it went um, less high touch and now it got even more disconnected, but I'm noticing people want to go back more high touch. The things that aren't as easily leveraged, people do want to actually connect. People will have more FaceTime. People that are outside are like, I do want to kind of, you know, meet you in person or if I'm I'm in town, let's have a coffee date. Mm -hmm. So it's become a little more personalized, but we're going back to understanding that even online, it's not the throwing up of a static post. You have to connect with people. And it is who likes you that talked about you to somebody else. It just might happen online and you have access to more people to do it. But five years ago, I <sighs> podcasting was easier. Amen. There weren't as many people. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a gift and a curse because there were still people that were offline that didn't understand it. They couldn't wrap their brain around it. So trying to use it as a marketing tool did kind of have some challenges to it. Um, if your audience wasn't all just online, but you now had access to people that you otherwise wouldn't have had access to, which was, which was nice as somebody that, you know, little over four years of podcasting, it was like, oh, this is great. And then it was like, but these people are also kind of burnt out. Mm. And looking back now, I recognize what some of it was because, I mean, you have so much that you were being inundated with. It was a lot. And so I felt like it was definitely uh, like the height before COVID of like all of the things being thrown at you. Yeah. And so now there's this point to where people are like, oh, nope, mm mm. Don't get out my inbox. I'm not paying you to be in my inbox. <laughs> I don't, don't, I don't want me to pay you to be in my right. inbox. Right. <laughs> There's just all this stuff and people are starting to almost like rebel against it a little bit. And I think the challenge is, is that they still want to find their people, particularly if you happen to be located somewhere where you're having a hard time finding your people. And sadly in the U.S., there are places where your people aren't nearby, <clears throat> Florida, and you're stuck there. <laughs> <laughs> and you are trying to find somebody. <laughs> yeah, I didn't catch that one at all. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're trying to figure out how can I not feel so alone? Mm, yeah. And so you're trying, you know, online gave you that, but it also disconnected you from figuring out how to connect to the the world at large. Yeah. People forgot how to just have conversations. I noticed that there are some people that now it's so much harder to be in a conversation, to make eye contact and not from a sense of like, if you have, you know, your neurodivergent, you can't, no, that's, that's different. I'm more like, say, just call me out next time. Like, <laughs> as you look at me, hey, that's what but I say that because this, these are the things that not from a, not from the mental health of there is something happening, but I don't know how to do these things. I wasn't conditioned to do these things. I have been in a pool of never having to worry about these things because I could type behind an anonymous screen. And now mm-hmm. it's like, no, 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 we have to figure out how to come out. I love that you're seriously sort of going back to that pendulum analogy or metaphor, whatever, Mm -hmm. where, you know, five years ago, it was a little more high touch because people were just using the internet as like a loose tool or like a a sort of minor tool in their arsenal. The pendulum, pendulum, as it swung the other way, as we sort of ended this place where everything's super automated, like to the point where it feels so impersonal that nobody wants to show up for it. You sort of hit on something that I did not talk about in the last episode where I talked about sort of the difficulties that podcasting has become. But one of the things that um, I think you sort of hit on here that I do want to know is how hard it is to get guests to show up for episodes these days. It is like ongoing difficult to like they'll schedule and then they just won't show up. It's a whole and I think it's part of the inundation, right? They have too many things on their calendar. There's 47 other opportunities because there's a million, you know, 800,000 other podcasts out there that would. I'm sorry. It's rude. That's disrespectful. Rude AF. It is. But 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 (laughs) let's acknowledge I came from a point to where if you had an appointment and you 
did, weren't going to make it, you let somebody know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for no I'm show not saying is not it's okay. You, oh no, but that was the thing. But now it's more like, hey, so sorry, and it's it's more normalized to not be proactive if you're not going to do something. Indeed, Ghosting is normal. And because like because you're just a person on the internet, right? This isn't like someone who you're going to see in four weeks to get your hair done again, right? Exactly. This isn't someone that like is literally responsible for the way you look. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Don't play with that. Where you're going to have a little bit more respect. This is just like some Joe Schmo who runs a podcast and why should I care if I show up or not or whatever it may be where, you know, the pendulum swung all the way in that direction. And then I think for a subset of us, because I don't think this has trickled down all the way. I think some of us that are significantly more engaged and have been engaged in this space for, you know, some amount of time and like have a level of maturity <laughs> that is not present in all humans have started swinging back the other direction. We're like, how can I actually make this like a in-person coffee chat? Um, mm-hmm. I found myself literally wanting to travel to cities to have coffee chats instead of doing a Zoom again mm-hmm. in a way that like, can we just do this in person? I'll come to you, whatever that looks like. Right. And so, but I don't think that that is the case on mass, right? No. Like in the whole of internet users, because, Mm-mm. and I think as AI becomes more of a thing, there is this other set. I think we are like a subset, right? Those of us who are like, let's engage more. We're, I think the vast majority of the internet is going to continue going oh, this in how this incredibly impersonal way. Yeah, 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 it is. And um, ew, I don't I mean, want to yes. play in that pool. Absolutely gross. No. Um, hmm. So uh, considering what happened five years ago, Five years ago, we were still doing being boss vacations. Indeed. Five years ago, um, well, what, four years ago, five years ago, met Erica at a conference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though I am, you know, stridently antisocial, <laughs> like <laughs> dislike peopling to a large degree, I was still going to in-person things and also scheduling in-person things. I was in mm-hmm. an, in, uh, an in-person writers group, uh, was actively looking for other people to start an in-person writers group with. Um, And now people are just like, yeah, I want to meet in person, but like, can you plan it? And I'm like, girl, I can plan it. But if you don't show up, I'm on the hook for this money. Like people are like, we want to have a writing retreat. I'm like, I I have a writing retreat by myself every year. Uh, (laughs) See, y'all are free to come, but I'm not paying for you. You got to stay wherever you're going to stay. We can meet up in one place, but you know what I mean? Like the risk it of is. trying to do something big and in person. Um, has, when everyone has become so flaky. Yes, yeah, so you flaky know. and acceptably flaky. And then on the podcast thing, uh, five years ago, I also had a podcast. Me and my friend had a podcast. Mm-hmm. And pretty promptly realized as we were gaining interest and in getting downloads that in order for us to actually excel and turn over to that point where we were getting lots of listens, it required both of us to treat it like it was a job and we both had full-time jobs. <laughs> so that was the piece I was getting ready to say. This whole the pay to play. Not that it's mm. new because even back in the day, offline, you mm. had, I'm about to throw everybody real back real far. You had to like pay to be in like the penny saver or whatever the things were that came in the mail. <laughs> oh girl, I was talking the other day about how I remember having a meeting with an, someone who sold advertisements for the phone book. See? <laughs> See, y'all remember that? 
Yes. And so like the yellow pages, the white pages, the, yeah. the, the bus stops, the benches, the whatever. So like, you know, you, you, you had those, those things there, but now it's like, I had to you ask know. my sister the other day, like, how do you buy a hoopty? Like, where do you go? Because the penny mm. server does not exist. So where do you nope. go? She was like, Facebook Marketplace. I'm like, oh, oh. Like, y'all be buying cars off Facebook Marketplace. You just drive out to somebody's random house in the middle of nowhere, which we actually. I mean, how is that any too. different from the classifieds? How is that I mean, any it's different? But but like it just felt, you know what I mean? Like at least if someone was like she went missing, you could say she went to see this guy who had this ad in the pity saver. This Look, she just, circled it. Yeah. <laughs> like when they do the the what, what do you call it the 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 documentary on your your right. murder. Unsolved unsolved mystery. The unsolved mystery. Right. <laughs> no, Tasha, I will solve it. I will solve it for you. <laughs> it will not be unsolved. But that's the thing. Like back in the day, I felt like the way that you would advertise versus how you advertise now is different. In the in-person piece of it, I remember the first conference I went to doing everything and burning myself out and then promptly recognizing more did not mean more. And I learned that if I'm at a conference for five days, I'm probably only going to attend things two out of two to three days max. And that includes the day that I am the presenter if I'm speaking there. And because I have found that the relationships that worked and that flourished and that actually had some type of longevity, whether that was the connection, whether it turned into a client, whether it turned into referrals, it was because I took time to make FaceTime with people. Mm -hmm. I built relationship. Settling yourself into the flow of your business from navigating a whole year of ebbs and flows to embracing the energy of each and every day, you're bound to have some ups and downs along the way. For me, this journey of entrepreneurship is made better when my space keeps me focused and inspired. As an example, my favorite way to mark the beginning and ending of the workday is to light a candle when I sit down at my desk and then blow it out when I'm done for the day. It's a little ritual that creates boundaries and a vibe that keeps me focused and feeling cozy. And the ritual candle that we make at Almanac Supply Co. is my favorite for this. In fact, my whole shop is filled with items that I've curated to create the vibe for feeling connected, in flow, and inspired. With candles, crystals, and other goodies to help you create a dreamy workspace, bedside table, or bookshelf. Come gather inspiration and check out my favorite in-stock items at almanacsupplyco.com slash beingboss and get 15% off with code beingboss at checkout. That's almanacsupplyco.com slash beingboss. So basically realizing that actually making relationships with people meant talking with them, finding out about them as humans. And so I knew what that meant before and that served me when I had to go fully online because everybody did during COVID, but I knew how to make relationships. And I think the interesting piece is, is everything that we've talked about, whether it's online or whether it's offline. There's too many people that don't understand how to create and maintain and foster relationships. Oh my God. Mm. People are so bad at relationships. And like, as I said, chronically antisocial, but that's mostly because I do not enjoy small talk and I cannot continue to be service with people. So if I'm in a situation where every time we interact, 
it is just surface. I'd just rather not. Mm-mm. I'd rather not count me out. Don't, don't, don't text me no more. Lose my number, <laughs> you know? And it, it's, I, I know I probably should be doing more to try to foster relationships, but it's the, the, the reciprocity is not really there. I feel like because the three of us mostly are like people who always extend ourselves in that way. Like we're always trying to make a connection with people. We're not trying to have like a, a superficial surface relationship. And then we end up giving, 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 giving to people. And then we feel empty <laughs> and then we get angry because we're empty because <laughs> people keep taking from us. You know what I mean? And then it, it, it fosters this kind of like, oh, I need to protect myself. I need to be more careful about who I interact with. And then being careful just becomes, I interact with five people and a dog. I think what you're illustrating here is really important because what you're illustrating is how I let's just eyeball 50% of the population feels about social media marketing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Of how like how that level of so showing up and doing online business in a way that, you know, has been expected of us for so long, like not only doesn't work for us, but literally depletes our ability to do the other things that we need to do. Right. And so, and, and so if, if you're listening to this and you're feeling that way, know that like that's normal and fine. And I think where this like building closer relationships to help you in business, whether that's like with your customers or clients or with your vendors or with your business besties um, or whatever, and finding marketing avenues that actually work for how you want to engage with people because engagement has changed. And I think for a lot of us, it's because we realize how we want to engage with our people. And there are people for whom social media is still working just fine. And I love that for you. But that's probably less than 50% yes. of everyone listening, right? I also, I, I want to pull up two things here. Actually, that sort of hits on one that I had put here in particular for Erica. And that is like the emotional toll of the work that we do has become in some ways in the online space. And your experience of this is like so next level yeah. <laughs> as like a DEI extreme, coach, Right. Extreme. You're like, you're a. <laughs> yep. I'm the poster child for what can go wrong. Indeed. Indeed. Well, not that, because well, you're doing anything no, wrong. No, no, no it's the, not because I did it wrong, but because of where. Because of the work that you do. Right. The emotional capacity of it. You're just like showing everyone where it is most done wrong. <laughs> Not that you're doing it wrong. It's just where everybody else is doing it wrong. Um, but like, but there is, when you are putting yourself in the online space, in the way that we have to now, we're like more vulnerable, more authentic, show us more, and people are expecting more from us. This is actually a conversation that I've had with Kathleen a couple of times. And the reason why I super stopped showing up on social media or even like why I'm not trying to get on TikTok or whatever is because audiences expect so much more mm-hmm. from you. Where did you get that lipstick? Where did that hat come from? How dare you think or say that? Like what there's so many opinions coming at you that like mm-hmm. n- for personally no thank you. No. I'm not trying to put myself in any of those spaces. Another piece that I want to bring up here is I think that AI is just getting started. And we've talked about this, obviously, but I think there's just going to be more content, more questions around authenticity than ever before in a way that's going to be real, 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 real in ways we don't even Mm -hmm. can't even fathom yet. 
And because there's so many of us thinking that the internet is just the place where we can barf out all of our opinions, the politics of everything, I think, is just also going to get worse and worse. In which case, not only is it a pool full of pee and people, but just generally a cesspool. Mm -hmm. And I think where this sort of leads us to is this idea I mean, I, we think we tried to sort of solve this problem a couple of years ago with these sort of gated communities, mm-hmm. right? And we all three of us run a gated online community, um, and I think all find joy in them in our own ways. But even because that engagement piece is less so than ever and people are less willing to pay for just more stuff, those aren't even viable business models, anymore. And not just, you know, something that I've seen personally, which I think we'll be talking about a little bit next episode, but it's something that I'm seeing across the board. Gated online communities across the internet are closing because that engagement piece, because of all of these other things that we've talked about, is just failing. In which case, like, leads me to the end of the golden age of the internet, right? Where a creator, a valid creator who has actual expertise, which is a whole other conversation, right, who can come into a space, share what they need to share in a way that is um, that is accepted and engaged with to produce revenue like that, like golden moment of our ability to show up and do this Mm -hmm. in a way that is accessible to more people than not. I believe is over. Mm-hmm. I just believe is over. Um, for better or worse, because I do think that once that golden age really got going, everyone started seeing it. And now the problem that we're seeing is, you know, Tasha, to your episode a couple of weeks ago, the idea of authors coming in and questionably using AI and claiming it as their own, right? And writing. Right, Erica, just the bullshit that you have to deal with on an ongoing basis from everyone who calls themselves a thought leader, but is really a maybe a piece of trash. Can we just get rid <laughs> of that right? Like, I don't want to be led by your thoughts. Leave yeah, me absolutely not. Absolutely right. not. Or like, or what I'm seeing in my space of like business coaching has become a fucking joke. Mm. Like an absolute joke. And I mentioned this in a previous episode that I did with Kathleen, this idea that I don't want to be in the same playground as my peers, as the people who are quote unquote my peers. Like if you show up most like lists that being that the Being Boss podcast is on, the people who are running those other shows are n- you. <laughs> <laughs> In a multitude of ways and in ways that some people see and unfortunately in ways that no one is noticing unless you have some behind the scenes info and then you know the things and you're like, wow, these are thought leaders that are really maybe trash. Hold on, though. It's not even just that there's thought leaders who are maybe trash. There are people who have no thoughts and they're stealing thoughts and slapping on a name tag getting on TikTok, Instagram, whatever, copying content, and then Mm -hmm. conning people out of hundreds and thousands of dollars. And what always gets me about these fraudulent fuckers (laughs) is that (laughs) they have the absolute audacity to do it while I'm sitting over here like, oh, am I charging too much? Is this too much money? Mind you, they just like... (laughs) 
I'm going to be a development editor for you. I have no degree, no experience. Um, pay me $1,200. And I'm like, I've never run a business before in my life, except for hacking the Instagram algorithm right here in this moment to tell you bad information. (laughs) I, I heard a nightmare story recently of a very recent scenario with a relatively well known business coachy person in the world who was selling a high price mastermind group for $50,000. And then didn't deliver a single thing and then wondered why it was that all of their people got together and came back after them and wanted all of their money back. Like murder. This is, say what? I know. I and and when I hear stories like that, I'm like, one, really the biggest thing is I don't want to be in this industry anymore. I don't want, and like in the business coaching industry, but also in this online world of it, will I continue hosting my personal mastermind groups? Absolutely. Will I be spouting any of my shit here on the podcast or on Instagram or on to absolutely not? Absolutely not. Because I don't want you to think of me and these people in the in same the room point. together ever again. Okay, so I have a thought and I want y'all opinion on this. I noticed this a few years ago and I've seen it play out time and time again. When you have some people that put themselves in the coaching space, and this is one of the challenges that I've had with the, you know, the tag of being a coach because it's, it's, it's muddy. It's muddy. Yeah. Um, But. I've noticed that there are some people that will specifically start masterminds or or programs or or whatever it is to try to get people in it. And it's really about either them needing that validation. I want mm. friends or people being like, I want to be your friend. So I'm going to pay to be in this because I want to be in your pictures. Yeah. I want to be in your energy. And it's like, so we paying 50 grand for friends. That's what we're doing. I that's mean, that's just called a sorority. Ew. Uh, right. I but like, but I thought we got done with those after we like really got made it through puberty. No. no. Um, right. So I, I think, and I, I did just get my heart rate is up just thinking about <laughs> this <laughs> in general because it really does make me incredibly heated. But I think to sort of summarize this is this idea that with Gen Pop joining the internet, mm-hmm. right, and with all of us, me included, teaching you that you should do the thing, you should like show up do the like figure it out do the thing we've just created a world where there is too much inauthentic stuff happening there's a people should be asking authenticity <laughs> and verbal and scamming and just and just I, a scammer there, there's just Death. more scammers this is what i'm seeing and i yeah. think that that was kind of bred by the the by this course you'll be a million dollar whatever people who just were selling shortcuts when they were around during the golden age and didn't make their money the way that they're telling people to, to make money. Like, oh, Instagram wasn't around when you had a big online business, but when, like you you started from a different place, you already had a successful business and then you jumped on Instagram and then you became a million dollar business. Yes. That is disingenuous mm-hmm. to, to try yes. to sell what you did 10 years ago to someone who's getting online now as a shortcut or, you know, whatever. And I think that people are looking for shortcuts so much now. Nobody wants to do the work. I'm sorry. I just sounded like Kim Kardashian, but nobody (laughs) wants to work in here. (laughs) Oh God. 
<laughs> well, but but so they want the shortcuts, but people are giving shortcuts in the sense of like, I'm not going to give you the whole picture. They forgot oh. to 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 bring in the, mm. the piece of like, but wait, I the already facts. had a friend that had a tech company that I was already able to insert myself into. Yes. Or, what you know what I, I mean? Like, I didn't get the you get the the bullet points, but not the actual machine behind the business. That right. And so these whole entire chunks of it didn't get included of what happened or, hey, yes, similar to the last episode. Yes, my podcast is in the top 100, but what I don't tell you is I spend 10, 10 grand a month. Yeah. I don't yeah. tell you that. Right. <laughs> right. That. Um, and and honestly, one of the things that I find is I've like spent more and more time here, like the longer I'm here, the more I see behind the veil and know that there's way more going on behind the veil than anyone is being told in a way that like leads me back to my situation of I'd rather just sell rocks. <laughs> I want you to just sell rocks. <laughs> and I just want to buy rocks. I, I, right, like, right. Why is that not like a job? Yeah. Um, just buying rocks. Um, you were there with me last weekend, true, true, true. <laughs> where we just bought rocks. That is what we did. Rocks. <laughs> right, it's a fun time. So okay, okay, we got really heated on that one. I love it. I do want to start wrapping this one up. And I've even let's whoa. <laughs> <laughs> So many things happening in my, my arms are out. I'm flapping around here right now, everyone. This got real wild. Um, I do want to sort of like bring what we just said into like a pretty picture as much as possible. Pretty. I, I know it's not pretty. Mm. It's it's the it's a pool it's, full it's of a people and pee, right? Where like where the do wow. <laughs> Okay, here's the thing. There's there's the picture and there's the understanding that even even with the pee in the pool, even with the contamination and the radioactivity that is festering, yeah. I think it's also just like acknowledging that there are people in it that want to be in it. There are some genuine people in it. For sure. And, and also there is a way for you to do this honestly and not buy right. into the scam of it all or get caught up in, you know, being chronically online because you think that's going to expose you to more burned out or on all fronts. Burnt out on all fronts. So mm -hmm. I think the takeaway, what I would get from this if I was mm -hmm. listening to this show, is that um, not just adjust your expectations, but don't expect much <laughs> like either you have yeah. to really love doing it like if you're doing it because you love doing it and that is the energy that you have behind it then you're probably more going to get more sincere you know clients work readers whatever right. but if you're doing it just because you're trying to market people can sense that they can smell it yeah they can smell it you say that, but a lot of people aren't smelling it. I mean, some people are unsmart. I can't account for unsmart people. <laughs> they haven't done it long enough. They don't know. They don't and know. They're doing the internet. So like some of them are really internet savvy and understand when they're being sold. But I think they're, especially when we talk about like people wanting more access to you, like this whole phrase forward thing where people are doing more videos and, um, you know, just exposing parts of their life, which are usually made up too. Um, they think that they're getting an authentic person telling them things and they form these parasocial relationships with these people because they see their faces all the time. Right. But they're not realizing that this relationship is just as fake as the person who was just sh sharing static pictures, even more so in a lot of ways. Right. 
Yep. See, and I want people to think about that piece of like, you know, one, don't overcomplicate it because a lot of the stuff that you're seeing really is just overcomplicating it. Like if mm-hmm. you have something that you do or you offer, you do it well, you have ethics around it, you be consistent, you build relationships and you kind of rinse and repeat. And it it can be that simple at some point. And remember that none of this works if you're not building relationships. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. If you are not building relationships, I don't know what the hell you're doing. That's just a hard stop on every, like, I don't care about your funnel. I don't care about your, 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 your photo shoot. I don't care about your logo. <laughs> if you have not built relationships and you are not going to show up as the person that you sold yourself to be out here, business catfishing people, like, <laughs> I need you to not do that. Like, build authentic, actual relationships Honor other people's humanity the way you want yours to be honored and stop trying to chase somebody else's template. That ain't yours. That's not your Mm -hmm. cheese. That's not your cheese. It's not. Y'all did a great job summarizing that for me. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, And if I can bring this back even from my perspective, because part of this is like why it is that I'm done with this show. (laughs) It's because, like, I am done with this industry. And most of what I just got really heated about, like, if I were a watercolor artist selling my art art on Etsy or Instagram or wherever, like, I'm not talking about that industry, though. If you keep your eyes open, you can see the shit, too. Uh Right? There are people stealing shit. There are people who are, like, have some questionable things happen. Like, it's everywhere. And it's always, like... Snake oil salesmen were a thing a hundred years ago, right? Like there's always going to be scammers and bad people in an industry. And what I have simply found is that in the online business sort of coaching and not even that I'm just coaching for online businesses, but selling business coaching online Mm -hmm. and sort of having a voice in this space has become so inundated with so much gross stuff that I don't want to be here anymore. Um, I say that as I go into crystals, which is basically just snake oil <laughs> in, in, in its own way to some people, which I get. And like I combat in my own ways, but it's a different right. kind of combating than what I have experienced in this space over the past couple of years and how that has incredibly affected engagement in my space of like so many people have had awful experiences like buying into a mastermind and not getting delivered something, buying into a community and it being a disgusting place, buying into a course and it offering literally nothing of value, right? Where these are not problems that I want to solve anymore, basically. Fair. And so for me in this space done, but also it's something that I see across the entire internet in all places. And I love that we really hit on what I think is sort of the, the combat of the moment for this problem. And that is building real relationships mm-hmm. with your customers, with your vendors, with your clients, with your, your business besties, right? And also finding some sort of offline component or a way to take your business into the offline space because I do believe that that is where business sustainability is built because we have talked about this pendulum swinging, Mm -hmm. right? Several times. Online, it swings fast and often. And even Where like you are like whiplash. Who has online business whiplash? Oh, yeah. Me. 
Instagram algorithms, new social media platform, new standards for how you do this. Now everyone's doing ebooks. Now no one's doing ebooks anymore. Like all courses, get a book deal. Don't get a book deal. Do like it's just start a Mm. YouTube channel. Give it all for free. Don't do that. Like what the hell? Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. So for me too, a large part of walking away from being boss and really the thing that I want everyone to think about for their own businesses is that if you're tired or burnt out or overwhelmed or whatever, not to say that offline business is easier because it's not easier, but it is a little more digestible. It's it's different. And yeah. So also it's not in your laptop or your phone. So when you leave the store, you leave the store. I love it, that you think that, Tasha, because I'm still thinking about Kansas and crystals when I'm sitting. I mean, on my well, couch. you do get your little, your, your little cha-ching. <laughs> but I'm saying you're deep. thinking about it, but you're not like actively like, oh, let me sit here on my phone when I have five yeah. minutes to share some content. You're just yeah, not, thinking about your business, not engaging in business, or the expectation Absolutely. that nobody's nobody's going to show up on your phone at nine forty three. Hey, I know you might be sleeping, but I'm going to leave this for you for tomorrow morning. And the next thing you know, you're working. Yeah. Rock customers don't do that. No, (laughs) no. They go in and they check out and they give you their money. And tomorrow they just want you to put something in the ups for them. That's about it. Yeah. Indeed. There's much more understanding of of customer service hours. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And not to say, because I have actually seen some bosses lately moving into the physical product realm. And I love that. Like, if that is your calling, I'm not trying to create a new trend where we're all starting brick and mortar stores necessarily, though I think most cute small towns or big towns could probably use some more mom and pop shops. Absolutely. Um, and is it, a, it is a beast in itself. It is still incredibly difficult on a completely different level, but it doesn't make me as tired or generally sick to my stomach as being in this space now does i'm gonna buy a laundromat <laughs> oh i actually i think that's a great idea that's like one of those boomer businesses that's about to like yeah. all the owners are about to die and laundromats still need to be a thing and i was could gonna use say some millennial ideating as someone who's uh washing dryers down and i won't get a new one till the 29th Oof. i have been re- experiencing Laundromats, yeah. and I was like, you Do know it. what? What if we put a bar in here and some books? That's what I was plans? about to say. It's and like a, it can be a watering hole. Like you can make it literally into like the spot. I literally saw someone on TikTok not too long ago who did this. You'll have to give them a. Surely you can Google them. This like cute little couple who bought a laundry mat and made it like a community center because they, they should be. Too. It's but it's like far out. Um, but what? One I did remember specifically was when I was in New Orleans for uh, Mardi Gras. There's this place called the Burger Bar Laundromat. It's literally just the Burger Bar Laundromat. You go Love in there, that. you get your burger, you get your drink. You Say wash what you mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sitting here anyway. I might as well go ahead mm-hmm. and, and, and get way, a burger and a dro- drink. And when you drop ketchup on your shirt, you can just go throw, throw it in the washer. See? That's you got to be there anyway. You can't leave the clothes. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's then the maybe do we is there a wrap up here? That was the wrap that up. Was we the did wrap it right. So this this is no more of these kinds of biz chats. Oh, that's a lie. Like We're going to be doing this on Marco Polo. We're just that's be doing different it though. It is, yeah, it's do. not for public consumption. But that's then, not for people are going to be people are going to be deprived of our dazzling amazingness together. <laughs> Will they? <laughs> oh, you gonna always get all this. You gonna get all this. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, combined together, no, they're not going to be no. able to experience this anymore. Um, they might. I like it. It just won't they be. Might. It just won't be like this. It won't be like they, this. They might. Um. So that's actually next episode. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you guys, and everyone listening. I think I literally just burped in the middle of saying. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what Corey and know, everyone, if you heard burper. that burp in Lilla, the middle of Emily's that sentence. Emily's a burper. She's a burper. <laughs> it's wow. something that I learned about her, meeting her in person. She burps. She's a I do. I, I burp a lot. I, it's because <laughs> I'm talking so much. I'm just swallowing air. I'm just gulping it, I think. I think so I'm just gulping air. What is the excuse air. when you're not podcasting? So here, here's the thing, though. Legit. Whenever I was up at Kathleen's, which I was talking to you guys on Marco Polo, I remember thinking one day, wow, I'm not as burpy as I usually am because I'm not talking because no one's there. Hmm. No, and you also... You also had the plague. Right? I also had the plague. <laughs> and didn't know. And I couldn't figure out why nothing tasted right. So you just why, why, yep. why am I going to open it? Nothing tastes right. Right. So anyway, I, I do just gulp air when I talk. So sorry if everyone heard that. Maybe you didn't. Love that. Um, but in the next episode, we'll be talking about what happens next. And honestly, what I want to leave everyone with on this episode is that I don't want conversation. Actually, conversations like this will never be over because yeah. I have very pointedly cultivated enough boss community around me that I'm not facilitating for you. Oh, my, I am, obviously. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I did it for myself mm-hmm. in a way that I will never stop having conversations like this. And that's one of the realizations I've had to come at to as I've, you know, sort of gotten into these last couple episodes. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be over. And, like, it's not, though. I'm just not going to be sharing all of them on the internet in this way, which I have definitely loved doing. Um, but... I have enough boss folks around me that I will keep having these conversations. And who knows? Maybe someday I will record and release more of them. We'll see. Never know. I'm not going to ask you what makes you boss, feel boss, because we're going to do that in the next episode. So we're just so everyone knows, we're recording these last two on the same day. So it's going to be weird if I ask them now and ask them later. So I'm going to depart from the usual situation and not ask you now. Just simply say, bye. See you in a bye. minute. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Thanks, y'all, for having this chat with me. This is exactly how I wanted my last regular Being Boss episode business bestie conversation to go. Decor for your office, gifts for your clients, celebrations for your own job well done. Find it all and more in our handmade candles and carefully curated collection of crystals and gifts at almanacsupplyco.com slash beingboss and get 15% off with code beingboss at checkout. That's almanacsupplyco.com slash beingboss. Now, until next time, do the work, be boss. Yeah.